0: The Entertainment Hotline, a Chatter podcast. Listener let celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars, dial 2 for streaming stars, dial 3 for TV stars, dial 4 for music stars, or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hello and welcome to this double episode of the Entertainment Hotline. I am your host, Anita Annabelle. This week, I spoke to not one, but two talented Australian actresses, Aisha D from SBS's Safe Home and Kirsty Sergis from Network 10's North Shore. SBS's new series, Safe Home, delves into the harrowing stories of family violence. The four-part series follows Aisha's Phoebe, a 20-something professional who leaves her job at a prominent law firm to work at a struggling family violence legal centre. As interconnecting stories unfold, relationships are tested and the pressure mounts to save the centre. Now, I've been fortunate enough to speak to Aisha many times, so I was thrilled to be chatting to her once again. We spoke about the role, what resources the cast and crew had while filming and the importance of sharing these types of stories. Then I hopped on a call with Kirsty Sturgis. Kirsty plays Detective Meg Driscoll in the new drama North Shore alongside Downton Abbey's Joanne Froggart, Game of Thrones' Jonathan Bradley and Aussie actors Matt Passmore and Rhys Muldoon. She's a triple threat and this is her first big role. You can watch Safe Home on SBS and SBS On Demand from May 11 and North Shore from May 10 on Network 10 and 10Play. here's Aisha D and Kirsty
1: Sturgis. Hey, it's Aisha D from Safe Home on SBS.
0: Oh, hi darling. I'm so excited to be talking to you. When your name came across my desk, I was like, well, that's it. I have to talk to her again.
1: Oh, yay. I'm so happy and I'm so happy to be talking about this project. I I'm so, uh, I don't know, I'm just really excited for people to experience it and for everyone's hard work to have paid off to see it out in the world.
0: Well, this project, though, it is so different to what we're used to seeing you in, but we'll t- we'll touch on that in a second. But for those listening who haven't heard about Safe Home, can you tell us a little bit about the project?
1: Uh, yeah, so it, it kind of um, – Really centers this, uh, family violence legal center in Melbourne. Uh, really, we kind of delve into the lives of the people that work there as well as the people who reach out to the center, uh, to get help, uh, escaping violent situations. Um, and, you know, for me, I think the thing that's most exciting about the project is the fact that we talk about domestic violence and, and coercive control in a really, um, Interesting and, and new way. There's a heavy female gaze on the show so we don't just cut to the violent part. We really mm. talk about um, the parts that often go um, unnoticed, the parts that kind of live in the shadows. And um, yeah, it's a very important and special project to me for for many reasons. But yeah, we'll get into it
0: <laughs> before we before we keep going. I just realised you just flew in from LA yesterday, didn't you?
1: I did. Uh, wow. Well, oh, yeah, I. It was a couple of days ago and I, I first flew into Melbourne and spent a couple of days in Melbourne, saw my mum and my little sister and now I'm here. And
0: this actually, um, this topic is actually a very, very, very close to home for me. Um, mm. I've experienced it in ways that um, I don't ever kind of talk about publicly, but it is something that is very, very close to home and, and, so for me, watching a show like this, bringing this kind of theme to TV, is so important for someone who has lived experience. What was it like for you bringing this theme to TV?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately, when you look at the statistics, uh, it's rare to find someone who doesn't have a you know a personal connection um, to family violence. So I think. I think it's really going to hit home for a lot of people and you know I I love that we kind of explore it through the eyes of many different people it's not just one um we as an audience are kind of seeing it I guess through Phoebe's eyes which is the character that I play um but it, we we get at it from so many different angles and yeah I mean I know when I read the script I just felt like each character I was kind of I felt like I was a fly on the wall in the lives of so many people that I love, um, family and friends, and, uh, I think anyone that exists in the world, especially in Australia, because it really is, um, such a specifically Aussie show. Um, I think e- even if you don't have a personal experience, you will find someone that you connect to, someone that makes you think of a loved one, and, um, You know, even though it is a really heavy subject matter, uh, there was so much care taken with the storytelling, so it it doesn't feel like being re-traumatised. I think the show, at least to me, it really feels like being held um, and and then the show is telling you, you know, I see you and your experience is valid.
0: Mm. And that's something that I really found watching was that there are so many forms of family violence that people don't necessarily know is A, happening behind closed doors because particularly, you know, one character, she's being emotionally abused by her husband and that emotional abuse is so, so harrowing. And it's even almost like a little bit more scary than even being physically abused and you just have no idea. What, what was the importance of the team to create and show that there are so many different types of, of family violence, not just the physical aspect.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying is absolutely right because, well, I mean, I don't want to say any one form is worse or better than the other, but, you know, when it comes to emotional abuse, you can't kind of point to something and, and say unequivocally like that there is the evidence of the abuse. It's much harder to kind of give evidence in that way and, and, and really – um Explain it to people. Um, and so often we kind of gaslight ourselves into thinking it's not happening. Um, because that's easier, you know? Um, and you know, I mean, it's the creative team and the producing team and our incredible crew behind the show. Like everyone just, everyone was there and so passionate about the story that we were telling. And everyone really held each other in this way to where. It felt like if any one person was feeling maybe maybe triggered or maybe a certain storyline or a scene was difficult for them, everyone else rallied around and really made sure that they were safe. Um, we had so many resources as a cast and a crew um, to to be able to call and and to take time when we needed it. Um, and I really think that's a testament to our incredible producers and, and our amazing directors, C.V. Cruz Martin. Um, everyone really went out of their way to make sure that the environment was safe so that we could go right to the depths of, of of the story, you know.
0: And that's what I'm really curious about. You said that they took a lot of care for the cast and crew. Did that mean that you had a psychologist on set that you could go to and talk to about these issues? Is that something that happened or what? what do you mean that they actually helped you in this situation?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, first of all, just as each other's friends, and I am I feel so blessed to say that everyone is, I've I'm bullied them into being my friends now. So. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
0: I, I expect nothing less from you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we really held each other as friends. Um, <laughs> but also beyond that, I mean, I remember on the first day, Uh, when I went into the production office for my very first fitting and just meeting everyone for the first time, I went to the bathroom and on the back of the door of the bathroom, uh, they had a laminated sign on the door that was basically just explaining like, hey, this is the show we're making. It's called Safe Home. We're exploring some themes that can be really triggering for people. Um, But our biggest priority is to honor the victim survivors. And if you are feeling triggered, here are some numbers you can call. And I just remember thinking like it was so genius to have it in the bathroom because, you know, I've, I've been on sets before where we're exploring really um intense subject matter. And, and usually the place I go, if I'm feeling triggered is straight to the bathroom to have a little crop. Right. And so to have that in that space just felt, because, I mean, it was my first day, I was just meeting everyone and trying on clothes. It wasn't like I was feeling anything at that point, but just knowing that that resource was going to be there, it just made me feel even more, you know, it gave me permission, I think, to go um, to emotional places that I, I don't think I would have otherwise been able to go to. And uh, another amazing person who really, really helped me a lot was our intimacy coordinator, Amy Kader. She's just an incredible person. And there were so many times really where, um, you know, getting in is not as much of a problem for me as kind of getting out at the end of the day and going to sleep and getting ready to wake up at 5 a.m. again. Uh, the end of the day she would really help me to just kind of put it down for 10 hours you know um but really I mean I feel so blessed I had so many incredible friends and just people around my makeup artist Lizzie was amazing (laughs) (laughs) all the people you bullied into being your friend yeah yeah you will be my friend
0: (laughs) I'm sure that they were jumping at the chance that's, that's really interesting firstly about the the note on the bathroom. I mean, how many times have you gone to a bar and you're like you go to the bathroom and there's like a a note on the door and you sit there and you read it and it's it's it feels like this should be something that's more widely prevalent across the country.
1: Yeah, I mean I definitely think like in all workplaces, you know, we should have these kind of resources mm on film sets and I think sometimes there is the care taken for the cast but I've rarely seen uh, you know an acknowledgement that our crews are also here all day and everyone is in the position to potentially be um triggered or re-traumatized so I think um it really inspired me a lot and you know eventually in my career I hope I have the opportunity to be at the helm of something and um, you know, producing and making something, and I will take a lot of lessons from this show and, um, I'll implement them in, in whatever I do. I, it's really important to me that everyone feels safe and, um, yeah, I don't know. Just such an incredibly inspiring project. I'm like, I, they're like, are you are you sick of talking about it? I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I could talk about it for not. the rest of my life. I love it. And you've got so
0: much knowledge, and that's that's something that I I read in an interview with with Variety that your writer Anna Barnes, she's a mm-hmm. playwright, but she she wrote this this show, and she spent time working at a legal center in Melbourne, and then she also engaged in professionals in the sector of family violence and so how much time did you spend with these people and how did that help play the character of Phoebe?
1: Yeah I mean well I think Anna Barnes was a huge resource for me specifically because she did the job that we see Phoebe come in to do um, you know and a writer we see Phoebe she's also a writer um and is kind of working in I guess the PR space and it it, it is kind of a bizarre job title to have in a space like this. Um, So she was a huge resource for me and I think for everyone because she had really in the sector working there, um, experiencing the people and the kind of environment that that you you see in these places and uh, something that just kind of really struck me in, in our initial conversations was just the way that she talked about the community, you know, because uh, I think th- these work environments, they sound incredibly challenging, but the way that they all help each other through it um, a- as a workplace and as a, a community and a, a group of friends, you know, it just uh, really struck me as really beautiful. And I think I think her experience was really reflected in how we ended up making the show as well.
0: And it's funny watching some of the other characters. I mean, this cast is huge and I want to talk about that in a second, but some of the outer characters in the workplace, it's really, really interesting watching them react to situations. Some of them are quite blasé. Some of them it really hits quite heavily um, Mm -hmm. because to them, I guess it's the ones who are a little bit more blasé or the way that they cope with it is more because this is just not just a job to them, but it's almost like they're immune to it, I guess, is the thing you can say. It's interesting. Would you, would you agree with that, that there's just so many ways that these, car- these people working in that environment that they they handle it so differently?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's across the board with trauma in general. Uh, I'm reading a really incredible book right now called My Grandmother's Hands. and uh, it's about how trauma lives in the body uh and how you know really to to heal our trauma we have to kind of start with the body and it's interesting they go in the book they they go into the fact that you know two people can experience the exact same trauma and have a completely different reaction um yeah we all have different coping mechanisms you know for some it's just easier to just just be blind to just turn off all of our senses and just keep moving because otherwise we might just fall to pieces and for other people we, we we need to feel it and we need to feel it completely and um i do think one of the things that i just loved about anna's writing as well as the way that she was able to kind of acknowledge all of those different ways of dealing and the kind of um very classically australian way of kind of using humor to deflect now most like traumatic um moments we tend to just you know make jokes and split a bowl of wine with our friend or you know um yeah i i um i completely agree i think it is really interesting to see um the way that our our trauma plays out depending on just what our style of um of dealing with it is—it's
0: incredible growing up in a household that had this situation because my sister and I han- handle things so differently. And you can—it's it, insane how different the two of us handled life. Yeah, she yeah. shuts down, whereas I'm really emotional. So it, it's a very human response. It's a very personal response. And and what you say about it being in the body is—is quite—it's so true because you know i have lower back issues and that's a really big thing about support feeling unsupported mm. and um your body manifests in ways and the trigger responses manifest manifests in ways that you would never even expect even as an adult so growing up in a household will will absolutely it'll be this it will it will trigger so much in you as an adult that if you don't deal with that trauma it's quite astounding how much it impacts your life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would encourage anyone out there to read this book. It's been really profound for me and I I, I don't know, I can't recommend it enough. My Grandmother's Hands. My yeah, Grandmother's
0: really- Hands, I love. I'm definitely going to definitely get a copy of that once we finish this talk. But let's yeah. talk about Phoebe. She's such a complex character and she's dealt with some stuff. And it kind of starts to evolve throughout the series and there's a lot we find out about her. How did you personally tackle the complexities of this role?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, she is a complex and, and layered woman. I, I think the thing that I really loved about her was, you know, so often as a black woman in the industry, I'm constantly kind of reading uh, these scripts and these characters that are kind of quite virtuous and they're the, they're the bright spots um, because I don't know why, but there's this kind of theme at the moment where like black women have to be kind of holier than God They we're often, often cast as like therapists and, you know, just a woman that you trust. And I, I loved that I got to play someone who was just a bit of a fuck up. Like <laughs> she, um we see her make so many mistakes and um we see you know I've, I felt like almost like when I was reading it I wanted to scream at her and shake her and be like what are you doing like figure it out um but I I want to give myself permission to be a bit messy sometimes because life is messy and no matter who you are i uh, i don't care who you are we're all out here making mistakes and um the thing that i loved about her most was that even when she did make mistakes every single time she still got up and decided to learn something from it and keep moving forward and and we see her at her lowest lows but no matter what we we see her dust herself off and get up again
0: I am really interested. Your career has, I mean, you have done so, so, so many amazing things. And I'm really interested because the pivotal moment, I think like the pivotal time that really propelled you into the spotlight was with The Bold Type, such a vastly different show to what this is. When that finished, was there like something in you that went, do you know what, I'm going to tackle different types of characters?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I had such a wonderful time on that show and it, it was so lovely, but it was so specific. And I, I kind of also liked, I think, you know, experiencing 2020 and lockdown and everything. I kind of just had this uh, moment where I was like, you know what, it would be so lovely and it would make me feel so safe uh, to just go and do another, you know, kind of mainstream show, uh, where I would definitely be paying my rent. Um, you know, either, even though I'm an adult now, I'm like terrified to be poor again. Um, <laughs> we just, all are, honey, we all
2: are, <laughs> I
1: know, but I just, I kind of felt like, you know what, I want to take a risk and I want to do, um, I want to do things that feel scary because, um, I, I've done the safe thing for a while. So, I mean, sissy was really kind of the beginning of that mm. for me. It was, it gave me butterflies and made me feel terrified. And I think most of the projects that I've, I've chosen to do post the bold type have been the things that scare me and the things that don't necessarily, you know, they're not going to, put me make me you know millions of dollars like is this is an SBS show I but I I don't know I just I just feel like life is really short and um I want to be proud at the end of the day of the stories that I get to tell and I want to be surrounded by uh really beautiful and grounded people and I, it's also really important for me to be um working in Australia I mm. I love it. yeah. I think the crews are incredible. I think the filmmakers are so innovative. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, my main goal right now is to just continue doing things that kind of scare me.
0: Oh, I love that. That is such a great thing for everybody to do. Do things that scare you. Life is too short. Yeah. Be- before I lose you, I just I do want to know what did you learn about yourself. Playing Phoebe
1: in Safe Home. Oh wow! I mean, God, so many things. It was a really intense time in my life when I when I went to do the show. There was like a lot going on for me, you know, personally, professionally, everything. Kind of felt like I was in the middle of a a really intense storm. Um, but I think, honestly, I, wow, I. It, it really inspired me to ask questions. Mm. Um, to be brave enough to ask questions, because look, I'm a very emotional person. Like you, I'll mm-hmm. cry over anything. I'll cry over a crumpet if you push me far enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I it made me realise how much I have just kind of chosen to um, block out certain memories and just keep it moving out of a necessity uh and it really challenged me reading the scripts and exploring these characters to ask more questions and um it's brought me closer to some really important people in my life it brought me closer to my mom it brought me closer to my grandma and my aunties and my friends and uh yeah it, it just it made me feel braver and it also just gave me a really beautiful community of people i'm blessed to call a lot of the safe home crew my friends now so, yeah.
0: how awesome how gorgeous honestly well thank you so much for chatting today it's just such a wonderful project for you to be a part of and it's so wonderful to have you home as always
1: oh it's lovely to talk to you hi it's kirstie
2: sturgis from network pens north shore
0: oh it's so nice to meet you
2: lovely to meet you as well Really excited.
0: How funny is 2023, man? This whole Zoom yeah. recording and like I just I feel
2: so it's funny. A literally,
0: time. literally, for everybody listening, I literally have just rushed out of my bed to record.
2: This <laughs> we're I'm making working. it all work.
0: We're making it work. We're making it work. But we're here to talk about your work, which is North Shore. Oh my God, I'm up to episode three. No spoilers, please.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Yes, I have to think carefully not to ruin anything, but I how's it going?
0: Oh my God, I love it! This is such a huge project to be for you to be a part of. So for those who don't really know much about North Shore, can you tell us a little bit about it?
2: Yeah, so North Shore is a crime drama and it's centred around the murder of a 19-year-old girl, Sophie Chalcott, who also happens to be the daughter of the British Trade Minister. Uh so it's quite a it's a very high profile murder. Um and so the 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 trade minister is played by the wonderful Joanne Froggatt who is just fantastic and I'll fan go over her always she's wonderful. Um and you know just for various reasons um a british detective is sent over to as a courtesy to observe the case um which is uh John Bradley's character Max. And then yeah, there exactly is. from Game the, of Thrones. From Game of Thrones. That's correct. <laughs> and then there is the Australian lead detective on the case, uh, DS Meg Driscoll, who is played by myself. So it's a good old classic murder mystery, um, with many, uh, yeah, I guess twists and turns and ca- you know, it's a, it's a big ensemble, a big cast and, um, it, and it's a really exciting script. I don't know about you, but as I was reading, I was like, I think it's this person, this person, and it really is a classic, like takes you on a bit of a journey of, you know, I'm so certain that this person did it, and then and then it ends how it ends, which is to be seen.:
0: Oh, I love that. That was very good. You did not spoil a thing. I'm very, very right? impressed.: that was hard. I, Actually, in my head, I have many people who I think it is. Mm. Uh, Where are you thinking- at? I'm going to give you my take, but this is probably too obvious and it's probably red herring me, red herring me, red, red herringing me. Herringing, herring? uh, yeah. Herring, yeah. Um, I feel like it's the boyfriend, mm. but it seems too obvious.
2: I can't react because I don't want to get anything, <laughs> but I'll just say, okay. <laughs>
0: But it is I mean and also your character huge role for you to play it's such a quite com- quite a complicated character isn't she Meg yeah. um so like she's rising in the ranks it's her first case which we learned very very early on so for you with a role like this firstly why this role?
2: I mean, look, give me a job, any role for starters, but, um, but yeah, Meg's great. I absolutely loved reading her. And as soon as I read her, I was like, yep, yeah, I get her. I love that. I, I think I could play her well. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, so it's her first case as a lead detective. So she's been a cop for a number of years and she's been on homicide cases, but this is her chance to, to lead a case, to move up the ranks. And she really, really believes that she has the skills um, and is is capable of doing this job, uh, and she's had she has to prove that and really advocate and fight for herself to her superiors to to uh, for them to give her the chance to to do it. Mm. And I love I love that quality about her. I love that she's a woman who goes, I have got the skills, I am capable, I'm just as good as anybody around here to get this job done. I don't care if it's you know the the biggest case, the most high high, high profile case that we'll get. I'm up to the job and I need you to know it and I'm going to do it. (laughs) And I just, I love those qualities. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And you know, that rubs people the wrong ways and you know, it's not for everybody and um, you know, she's a bit of an abrasive character to be around, but I love that she does it because she knows that she's right and she knows that she can do it. So um, yeah, I really, I really admire her in a lot of ways.
0: I love is there any similarities between you and her? I mean you admire her, but like what what do you admire about her that's kind of similar to you
1: mm.
2: yeah i i mean yeah, I like to think there are similarities i I like to think that when you know I feel strongly about something i I, again, I'll like advocate and make it known that like, you know, I really think that this is something we should do. I love that Meg is an intuitive person. I think that's something that I also am. You know, it's not that she doesn't just pick things out of the air willy nilly. It's based in reason, but her intuition is strong and, and she, she follows it and she pursues it. And I think, I think that that's also a quality that, (laughs) that, you know, that guides a lot of my, my life. Yeah.
0: Really trusting your gut is, I guess, what you're trying to say. Really exactly. following that hunch, mm. that, that gutting instinct. It, she's such a strong female lead and I think that mm. that's what's, what's also quite amazing about her. Like she's holding her own in this sea of men, which mm. is what I love. Like yeah. how is it playing a role like that when you're kind of going, I'm a woman, I can do this and show them how it's done?
2: Yeah, I mean fun, obviously. Um, fun to hold your own in yeah, in those spaces and important op- important for people to be able to see that, to see women holding their own in those spaces. But I also love that I love it when a workplace can get to the point where it's like it's it's about how capable you are. And it's it's not about the fact that I am a woman or I am a man. And I think that's what Meg wants to prove. It's like, who cares if I'm a woman? I can do the job. Um and so I, I I like that. I love when people are just good at their jobs and they're there because they are the best suited for it. Um, yeah. And I think, I think between Meg and Max, that's what they are. They are really good at what they do.
0: I always find it really interesting watching shows because you obviously get a script and then, but in terms of a backstory, you don't necessarily get a full backstory, it kind of evolves. So if Mm. you, do you go in chronological when you shoot? Do you start episode one, episode two, episode, like that's it? No. I wish
2: wish we did. (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. I've
0: done this for so long and I've never asked that ever.
2: It's, It's all over the place. And I found, which is like typical of film, but I found it really hard Well, it it was a challenge, sorry, with this, with this, um, script and with this show, because there are so many pieces and in a progression to a murder mystery, there are so many plots of information that at any given time you do or you don't have. So to have a filming day where you're filming a, a scene from any of the six episodes in weird order, it's, it was definitely like, okay, rehearsal period. Let's break this down. It was great. Gregor Jordan, our director, was awesome. He we we sat down and went through the entire script from start to finish in great detail and tracked the emotional journey scene by scene so that at any given point we could we could come back and be like, okay, emotionally this has happened. We have this information as detectives, we don't have this information yet. And then out on top of that, our script supervisor, Danielle, was awesome because some days you're just like, my brain is fried. I could not tell you where I'm at. Danielle, can you just remind me what we did when we filmed the scene that came before this five weeks ago? Great. That's where we are. Let's do it. So (laughs) I wish it was in order, but absolutely not.
0: (laughs) I'm shook because then in that case, then my my question still stands. Like, Then how do you evolve that character without really knowing the backstory and then getting parts of the story and then coming back? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they, there is. I, I guess it's all in that rehearsal period. It's the homework that you do beforehand. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, which, again, like so much thanks to Gregor, who just gave us all the time, all of his time and attention to, to sit and really flesh that out together. Because by the time we got to the first day on set, it was, all right, we know the whole story. We know where each person's coming from and where they're going um, and therefore the context of it all. And you have quite a lot of a backstory. It just takes a while to get to get to it. So right, so,
0: okay. There's backstory, guys. We're gonna we're gonna see it. So <laughs> if you're up to episode two, like me, or when you get to episode two, you, there is more to
2: come. Where's
0: Gregor who directed Two Hands? Right?
2: Mm, yeah, legend. I
0: have interviewed him.
2: Ah, uh, awesome! Recently or so
0: back many in the day? years ago? Yeah, it was cool. like it must have been three or four years ago. What an amazing human!
2: Yeah, he's great. He is the chillest dude ever as well. Just, like, so calm, the calmest presence you could ask for and sit. He's, he's really great.
0: What an amazing thing for you to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. I looked at your IMDB where you get your best information, <laughs> and uh, but I noticed that you really only have had a lead. Your first proper role was on Young Rock,
2: yeah, I've done a lot of short films, anything that I've, any other projects that I've done in TV and film have just been small parts. So this was, yeah, Good. this was definitely a pinch me. Is this really happening? Am I dreaming? Am I being pranked by Ashton Kutcher right now? Sort <laughs> of a moment.
0: <laughs> what, Which, a what a <laughs> throwback, Kirsty. What a Yeah.
2: <laughs> Am I sure? no but uh, honestly like hats off to to gregor and the casting team and the producers because i know you know casting new faces is a risky thing new talent is a risky thing and so i'm just really yeah. grateful for people to yeah that i was given a chance i i yeah i'm grateful
0: well spoiler alert you nail it so oh <laughs>
2: Thank you. I <laughs> appreciate it. No,
0: of course. I mean, that's, and to have, to lead, a like, to have such a lead role in such a gritty drama, to also have such a huge cast. I mean, we've got Matt Passmore. Like we've said, yeah. we've got Joanne Fickett, You've yeah. got uh, Jordan Bradley. Like, it is such a huge cast that you are a part of. What yeah. was it like coming on set every single day being with
2: all of those people? Mm. Fun. Honestly, it was so much fun. I think we really lucked out that across the board, everybody was kind. Everyone's so good at what they do. Um, funny. Like every single day was just, I was just saying this earlier that, yeah, it's so nice to rock up to set and really look forward, not just to the work that you're doing, but the people that you get to spend the day with. And that was definitely not just the cast, but also the crew. Of of North Shore was that so and I hear that that's not always a common thing with film sets so I think we might have I don't know I don't know I don't know I hear my mouth, I I but, but, <laughs> but you know I mean the entertainment industry is full of big personality right of course, so,
0: of course. hello <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so it was yeah I I feel fortunate and lucky and maybe that's just Australia working in Australia full stop is that. You know, we're pretty low key, but yeah, everybody was lovely and great to work with. Um, I'm a lucky girl. Very lucky girl.
0: (laughs) You are a vet but also you work very hard, so you deserve it. But it is so true. I mean, in this job I get to talk to a lot of a lot of actors and a lot of them say the same thing. Australian Mm -hmm. film industry is is really up there with the the crew in particular are are insane, insanely Mm -hmm. amazing to work with. So
2: Yeah. You are right, Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of that I work on any film sets. but like I'm assuming.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's been great.
0: But, I mean, you're dealing with a murder in this show. <clears throat> Sorry, what was that? Obviously, you're dealing with a murder in this show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is something that you've touched wood, never had to be a part of before. Mm. Yeah. So, in terms of like, This kind of subject matter—it's actually quite complicated. It's quite convoluted. It's quite dark. What's it? What kind of research do you put into a role like this when you really kind of probably feel so far from your own life?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, you're so right. Like, I feel very fortunate that I haven't been around any sort of crime in that respect or violence or anything. So it does feel like a world, a world away. but we were very fortunate the, the producers organized for us to meet with um, famed, famed homicide detective Gary Jublin, which Stop was... Stop it! Yeah, no, it was pretty no. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got to sit with him for a couple of hours and just ask questions and, and he shared stories and just details right down to the nitty-gritty details of you know what it's like getting up in the morning, and going home at the end of the day, doing a job like that. So that was just, you know, really valuable information, and to to be able to sit down with somebody who did that job for 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 years and get his insight into into that. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was that was hugely beneficial to get a personal insight, and then of course it's you know seeing what what cases go on in in Australia. What is it like? you know, I feel like generally we're, it's generally a pretty safe nation. So things of this, you know, murders aren't in our face all the time. So it's like, okay, let's Mm -hmm. dig in and find out what has happened and gone out, gone on in Australia and read about the families and, and how that affects them. And, and, you know, piece that together to figure out all the elements of, of yeah, what it takes to be a homicide detective. Cause you're dealing with the you know the piecing together the puzzle side of it but you're also dealing with people at the end of the yeah. day and you know it's something we kind of see in North Shore is like you know kind of like doctors have to have good bedside manner, manners hopefully detectives do as well and you've got to figure out how to to deal with a grieving family but also get information out of them to help you with your case so yeah, so there was definitely a lot of reading up. Gary was awesome, you know. I watched a few crime dramas again. I watched Broadchurch again, and all those things just to <laughs> I love Broadchurch. Yeah. yeah, it's great, isn't it? Just yeah, just brush up on all of those.
0: It was interesting. I actually wanted to touch on what you said about the bedside manner of uh, of homicide detectives because there, mm. Ed Driscoll, she ain't got that really when she starts, does she? She really doesn't. And there yeah. is this one hilarious moment where you call the victim a victim to the parents faces so you actually say the victim and then you're like and then you say the name
2: yeah 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 Meg Meg is um she's definitely imperfect (laughs) so you know she's she's got some sometimes her the rookie in her does show here and there um and and it's clear that, you know, she, despite being really good and despite being capable of solving this murder, there are details of this job that she is yet to learn. Um, and Max so kindly calls her out on these things. <laughs> I mean, oh, sorry, spoilers. Not that that's a spoiler, but yeah, like, yeah, she's, she's not perfect. She's got, she's got a lot to learn and. I mean, just because I'm cheering for her always, what better way than to learn it on the job? <laughs> I mean, ideally not with the parents, the victim. Anyway.
0: Well, I mean. How else I do mean, you learn? Ex- exactly. Like, how else do you learn than being on a, on a job? I always say that. Like, I'm all for uni and everything, but I always say you, you get your best learnings by just getting in there and doing it. And you must feel that as yeah. well with acting though, right? Oh, like,
2: you can go to acting. 100%. School,
0: yeah, yeah, you can go to You can, you can, you know, read scripts. You can study things, but if you're not in there doing it and learning and and bouncing off other people,
2: yeah, that's it. Theory's nothing without the the practical application of what you're learning. That's- so you're absolutely right. Or like ninety five percent of my learning has been on the job. So, uh, yeah, yeah, amen,
0: amen, sister, but. In terms of, like, your career trajectory, I know we're bouncing around here, but I have so many questions. Yeah. Um, but you keep bringing things up that I want to talk about. But in terms of that, like, how did you get into acting? Because, like I said, you know, your first credentials on IMDb uh, were 2018, but for the short film. So how did, yeah. what happened before then? How did you get into acting?
2: Yeah. So, well, film specifically is has only been the last, I don't know, what's maths? Yeah, I guess since like 2017, 2018, but before that, I what is maths? Um, but before that, yeah, so I, I've been dancing since I was three years old. So I've started off, I've always been performing, but dancing has been, yeah, was where I started. And I did that all throughout school. And as soon as I finished, I moved to Sydney to train at Brent Street and loved my time there that was always supposed to be like okay just have a gap year and then we go to uni and and I did that and I went to uni the year afterwards and was not for me (laughs) at all (laughs) whatsoever um and so I decided on the day of my final exams of my first year that I'm not coming back next year, called my best friend. I was like, you got to move to New York with me next year. She's like, why not? So we did that. And yeah, right. I mean, you might as well go big or go back to uni. Um, and, <laughs> and yeah, so we went to New York and we trained, we went to Broadway Dance Centre and did a, a training course out there. And from that, my world kind of moved into musical theatre. So that was, yeah, where professionally I entered I guess, the entertainment industry. And I did a few musicals back in the day. I did Bring It On, I did Rent at the Haze, I did the National Tour of Ghost, and I was um, dance captain for the Asia Tour of Ghost, the musical, and loved it. It was so much fun. But acting classes, I I did singing lessons, I did dancing lessons, and I always wanted to brush up on my acting. And Again, as I seem to do, it's either go big or go home. I was like, let's apply for drama school in London, <laughs> and did that. Wait, and which one? I trained at Royal, Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. I trained at. Oh uh, so did my sister. No way! Wow! When was that? Oh God! Like twelve Never, years ago. I'm gonna. Say. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Hey, cool connection. Very cool. No way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I trained out there. I graduated December 2018 yeah December 2018 so I was just doing a master's program out there um but yeah it was the best time of my life and I wish it was longer and yeah it, it was wonderful loved loved training out there
1: wow yeah, well, there that's so weird
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's correct. especially being Australian because she's Australian and she got in and off she yeah. went we haven't seen
2: her since we have seen her since but you know what I mean <laughs> She's yes, not yeah. I it. I'll tell you what London I... will, yeah grab onto your heart that's for sure but yeah um, so uh, yeah. trained out there loved it and was out there auditioning and then of course COVID hit and that's what brought me back to Australia so which which has been a blessing clearly but it was definitely like starting all over again you know all of my connections and all of my network was in London and coming back to Australia was like going back to, okay, nobody in the film world knows me here, so we better get hustling and, yeah, have been and (laughs) I guess it's worked out, thank heavens. So, yeah, so it's kind of long story long, that's my trajectory.
0: It's meant to be, right? Like it just seems like, you know, maybe this is where you need to come back to get back to, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm actually also, my brain's still stuck on the fact that you did bring it on the musical and Broadway because that, (laughs) well sorry. I mean not on Broadway. Broadway. It was here in Australia.
2: No, I it was here in Australia. Yes. No. All of my musical theatre was here in Australia. Sorry. I'm look, I'm 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 good, but I'm not that good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you can I say something actually. As somebody who goes to a lot of musicals, Mm -hmm. I went to Moulin Rouge in Sydney, like they went to their closing night, and Mm -hmm. I went to on am in Broadway. And I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put my hand on heart and say I actually thought the Sydney production was better.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Huge praise. That's that's really cool. I saw it as well on Sydney. I thought it was fantastic. Like that oh, set so also, the costumes, the energy, oh, everything. Yeah. I fantastic. know.
0: And that's the thing, like, you know, just because we're in Australia, I mean, that's the one thing that I think people forget is that being in Australia, the talent here is out of control like we yeah. are a very talented country we have the best cast we have the best crew we have the best you know all around us really? i mean a triple threat like you honey there's not many people who are a triple threat i mean that's
2: you know <laughs> we're trying i i keep saying <laughs> look there are some elements of the triple that are better than the others and that's the reason i'm acting right now
0: <laughs> 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 trying. We're no, trying. surely not wait would you, if you could rank your triple threat, would it be what would it be?
2: It'd be acting, dancing, singing. Yeah, I'd go there.
0: Yes, I um, love that.
2: Well, I I'm can't really, that. really selling myself here, and I'm going no, copy. no, no, anyway. no. I'm just
0: curious. But- no, you know. <laughs> You are actually selling yourself. It's actually quite beautiful that you're so humble. I think it's wonderful. But also have a little bit more faith in yourself, Yeah,
2: Yeah, right. I need to channel my inner Meg Driscoll a little bit more. Yeah. 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 But no, (laughs) yeah. But You're right. Like there is so much amazing talent here in Australia. And historically we've bled talent to overseas because the opportunities haven't been here. And it's just such an exciting time um, because of COVID. Uh, that so much is being invested in our industry and there's a reason I'm still here you know despite the borders being open again I'm here because there's so much great opportunity here so it's just yeah it's a really exciting time in for the Australian industry
0: before i lose you i'm curious after North shore and fingers crossed maybe there's going to be a second season who knows maybe there's yes, going to be crossed. maybe there's going to be more meg driscoll stories we fingers crossed so we hope but if,
2: What would your next role, ultimate role be? Oh, if when I did theatre, I could never answer this question. What would it be? I don't know. I'd love to just, you know, I'm at the start of my career. I don't want to box myself into anything. I want to be versatile. I want to keep improving my skills. So while I couldn't say exactly what the role is, something that's opposite to meg some maybe someone that's a little bit more vulnerable and and um has less power or I don't know or maybe somebody who's a little less on top of everything I don't know I I, I, I just hope that I can keep you know, exploring different characters and people and worlds. So whatever the opposite to Meg Driscoll is, maybe it's the criminal. Maybe I need to play the criminal next. (laughs) Maybe I need to be committing the crime. Yeah. I want to (laughs) see you in a
0: rom-com as well. I I feel like I need need you to be in a rom-com. I need you to be a criminal. I need you to be
2: all the, everything. Comedy scares the shit or, sorry, hell out of me. So maybe I I need to. It scares the shit out of me. So maybe that's exactly what I need to do next. So I might have a chat to my agents about that. Feel
0: the fear and do it anyway.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like that suggestion.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. So when Thank you get you. your next um, comedy role or your next rom com yeah. role, you can change when to Anita. That. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> when, you get, when you're standing up there getting your actor or your Logie, you can be like, just oh, all your Oscar. Just like, yeah. Anita.
2: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. I promise. Um, it's my I promise to you.
0: Okay. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Oh, I can't believe we're almost
2: over already. Yeah, it's been so nice chatting. Oh, I know.
0: Everybody needs to watch North Shore. I mean, it is such a great, great show, and I think such a testament to how Australia is tracking right now. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. that you want your audiences to take away from this show?
2: Um. I would like the Australian audiences to really just acknowledge and see. I guess, yeah, the the wealth of talent that we really do have here in Australia. And the wonderful thing about North Shore is it's such an amalgamation of different things. It's amazing overseas talent. It's um, familiar Australian talent with like the Reese Smuldoons and Matt and Rob Carlton and yeah, everybody. But then it's, there are so many new faces in this production as well. There's such a, you know, the, the, the younger group of our cast, um, are all new faces and I can't wait. I cannot wait for Australian audiences to see them and get to know them because they're so talented and, yeah, and it's just so exciting seeing fresh talent come through because, you know, now there's so much opportunity. Let's not gatekeep anything. Let's just welcome in all of the new Aussie talent that is so keen to, to work and be in your screen. So, yeah, so that's what I'm really I'm really looking forward to Australia meeting all these new faces.
0: Uh, so, so brilliant. You probably just saw me get really excited about Reese Muldoon because I can't believe I didn't yeah. mention him before. I, so
1: great. I, I am
0: I am right. I just I finished primary school in nineteen ninety-eight. And so mm-hmm. I you're probably way too young for this, but whenever I see Reese Muldoon, no matter what he does, I'm like Jeannie from Down Under.
2: Yes, Genie yes. Down Under. Yes, I do just remember Jeannie from Down Under. He was more play school era for me, I think, but I definitely do remember Jeannie from Down Under for sure.
0: Oh, well, I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway,
2: he's a very talented actor. He's great. But He's so great.
0: Sometimes, you know, when you're a kid and you've grown up watching a show, you kind of go, I'll oh, just forever remember him on that. I love that. It was the best show ever on television, to yeah, be honest. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: But he has his done so well and so yeah he's wonderful. It was great to work with. Yes, it's been so lovely chatting with you too. Thank you so much, Anita.
0: Thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with
0: Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The entertainment hotline
2: with Anita Annabelle is a proud chatter podcast.